0: Nikki. Hey Selena. How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. That felt like just a long enough of pause. Like when I hear pauses that long in a podcast, I'm like, uh, something's wrong.
1: But I think what my was my brain wrong... stalled. I was gonna say, I think your brain glitched because then you were also gonna say hi everybody.
0: Yeah. That's what you usually do. Yeah. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Sweet Tea and TV. Hi. <laughs> the podcast where Selena's brain stalls. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, okay, before we get into the show today, I wanted to see, like, if we could talk really quick, (laughs) quickly, of course, like, basically, I just want a reason to talk about this thing I'm loving. Oh, okay. And so I thought maybe, like, we could have a quick conversation about whether or not there's anything you're enjoying right now. Maybe it's a TV show. Maybe it's a book. Maybe it's sleeping. Got nothing. Nothing. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it could be. I don't know. Like, some... (laughs) Some stretches of time are just like that. <laughs> it's true. I do have a couple of things. Right. Okay. All right. Lay it on me. Oh, I thought you would go first. Yeah. Let's see.
1: Uh, oh, so with the uh, Where the Crawdads Sing movie coming out, mm-hmm. the reason this is of relevance to me, at least, is because Taylor Swift has an original song on the soundtrack. Yep. I saw so it's that. entered my universe. I felt like I remembered trying to read this book several years ago, making it like halfway through, then my library... Uh, checkout ended. So oh, I just uh-huh. sent it back, never finished it. Uh, and it's really driven me crazy because I understand there's a twist at the end. And I love a good twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I never went back to it. But with the movie coming out and a friend telling me that it's worth the read, I've started reading it again. So I checked it out on third. Uh, I checked it out like two days ago. I was going to say Thursday. That means nothing to people. Checked it out two days ago. I'm already like halfway through the book. Um, It is not the book I remember reading. So now I can't remember what book I was reading that I thought was this one.
0: Oh, funny. Okay. Um,
1: I've read part of this, but this is not what I had in mind for this book. So uh, it's really good. I like it. And I'm interested to see the twist. It's sitting on my dresser and it has been. For
0: some time now, we should have known that before I waited for my library. But well, that's what I was just thinking too is like could I could have just let you borrow it, but um, I guess I didn't tell you I had it. I mean, I got it because, like, you know, I think the more that we are purposefully immersing ourselves in southern things mm. like that is very much so out there in the culture mm-hmm. and has been for some time, and so I was like, well, I gotta read this, and then it just sat there, which is <laughs> a lot of times what I do with books. I'm a smarty. So um, apparently, the author is like under scrutiny for murder, I think. So is it, it, and that's what the book's about?
1: Hmm. You don't know. (laughs) I'm only halfway through. I mean, I,
0: oh, well, I think someone dies.
1: Someone dies early in the book. So presumably, yeah, it has something to do with that. But I can't figure out. Wouldn't that be
0: crazy? They should write a story about someone who, like, meta. So they write a book. No, no, no. They should make this into a 10-part series, because that's what we do now. But, like, a person writes a book, and it's about someone who gets murdered, and they get falsely accused for it but it turns out that they accidentally out themselves for a murder they committed
1: i don't think you have to make that meta and make it fictional again it's happening a a podcast that i listen to is the dateline podcast Mm -hmm. and they like basically run old episodes and that's something i'm enjoying so i'll just keep going with my list of things i'm enjoying uh the dateline podcast and one of the stories they covered was a woman who wrote a blog post no kidding titled How to murder your husband and get away with it, or something like that. Oopsie, she murdered her husband. Okay, (laughs) and that came out as evidence in the trial. So it's real. So those are thing one and thing two. I'm enjoying.
0: Yeah, I had something else still in ideas for me again. I know.
1: Oh, and the other thing I was going to say is. Spending too much time between TikTok and Instagram. Uh, today, I'm wearing my Kirkland signature T-shirt that you noticed. Mm-hmm. I got the idea of it from the Costco Deals Instagram handle. Mm-hmm. They have all kinds of good Costco finds on there.
0: Kirkland's being the Costco brand. That's correct.
1: Sorry, mm-hmm. I thought I assumed everybody knew that. <laughs> yes. yes.
0: Yeah. Um, and and you are rocking it. It's soft. I it felt soft. It. And it was relatively inexpensive. Yeah. So yeah. which but tracks? Some brand, right? How much is it?
1: It's less than $10, I think. You think that's relatively inexpensive? Because that's a
0: bargain basement deal, isn't
1: it? Bargain basement. I thought you said bug in basement.
0: Oh, that's a kind of deal. I don't want that deal. No. Yeah. Those are my things. Yeah. I mean, Costco clothes are good prices.
1: They are. I've never really... I don't spend a lot of time in that section of the store because our Costco, like all Costco's, is very full and that section, there's so many people there for some reason. Mm. So I usually don't make it that far. Because they make
0: really comfortable clothes. Uh, maybe I should spend more time in there. They have nice like pullovers and jackets yeah. and stuff that I like to wear in the winter time to be yeah. cozy around the house when it. Not that there's not things that I don't also wear out from there, but. Yeah. Um, anyways, Costco, if you're listening, come <coughs> on the show. Dinner. Yeah. Uh, well, so for me, right now, I am. Um, I have a guilty pleasure, and I'm super embarrassed about it, but... I should... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No offense to the creators of this show, but it's not really my type of thing, but I've been watching the reality TV show, Below Deck, Mediterranean. And I'm just saying, if you do really know me, you know this is not really my personality. Like, I watch reality TV every, like, five to six years, whether I need to or not. And... Casey, love him. I couldn't believe that he was watching this show. I was making a lot of fun of him, and I was like, "This you show started. is stupid. What are you doing?" And I think part of it is because, like, all I could think about—if you don't know—Below Deck, which I don't even think I'd ever heard of. Maybe like it was a—it's a Bravo show. Mm-hmm. But, like maybe in, it was like somewhere in the recesses of my right. mind, right? You know, but it's not. It's definitely not like. I don't know, like the bachelor or something. It's like so out there. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I wasn't, I wasn't really like, uh, consciously aware of it. Um, but it's about, uh, crews who run like, uh, charter yachts. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's kind of about the shenanigans between the crew. Um, I think it's, it's like Downton Abbey, but, um, not as... Uh,
1: on the high seas.
0: Sophisticated. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah. On the high
1: seas. <laughs> um, Downton Abbey meets love is blind.
0: Kind of. And, um uh, you know, then also there's a lot to do with the way that they handle a lot of these different clientele who come on who have these super high expectations. Because if you can rent or, excuse me, charter a yacht you have some serious money. So it's a lot of millionaires and billionaires. Cause I think I was asking Casey the other night and I think it's like hundreds of thousands of dollars to charter these boats. Uh, but it's just really good. I don't know. I think part of it is because, you know, I used to wait tables and mm. it's a lot of that lifestyle.
1: Oh, okay. And so
0: it's like, it kind of, it kind of takes me back. Cause Aww. let me tell you, the service industry <laughs> We're a rough crowd. Um, and they know how to have a good time. So if you're looking for like just people just with wild antics and they're like, I don't know, they're not as crazy as you would think because a lot of times you have to have like be pretty on your game sure. with these guests. With like, day wealthy day guests out. for
1: sure, yeah. Yeah,
0: but like in between those times, like in between charters, I mean, they get kind of crazy. Do they have good accommodations? On the, on the yachts? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's. Pretty darn nice. I mean, I think that, like, that's part of the show, like, where sometimes maybe, um, and who knows how much of this is like uh, put into motion off screen mm-hmm. for the dramatic purposes, but mm-hmm. like, maybe um, the inside folks, and now this is the ones that are like doing dinner service and breakfast and lunches and all of that. So it's like a chef and stewards, they also are the ones who like clean the rooms and do all that kind of inside. There's also the deck crew and that's the people that have like um, the slides and operation and the jet skis and they call them water toys. I'm just going to say that sounds so dirty to me that everybody like get all the water toys out. I'm like, Whoa, what show is this? Um, but anyways, so, uh, it might be something like the captain's getting upset because, um, the chef isn't, like, they're not up to par. And okay. so a client will be like, they, hey, this isn't what we were expecting. There was, like, one time where there was, like, a chef, and they made, like, some really crappy nachos. And, like, even the, sh- the captain walked by, and she was like, is this what you're serving the guests? And oh, it was no. And like, it was, like, they had put salsa and corn on chips, forgot the cheese, oh, no. threw cheese on afterwards, and put it in. So if you're, put it in the oven, if you're, like, uh Spending two hundred thousand yeah. dollars on a yacht, and yeah. somebody
1: brought you that. You know what nachos. So I was actually asking if the crew had good accommodations.
0: Oh no, not at all.
1: Okay, perfect. It's terrible. <laughs> the um, tracks.
0: It's like um, the smallest size beds, like what a twin. Yeah. You Cut about a, like a, thirty percent off of that or something. <laughs> kind of, and then so what it is is usually there's like two um, crew per room mm-hmm. room. And they're, they're just really small. I don't, I I mean, I can't even like, maybe like the size of a walk-in closet or something. I
1: was asking because, um, I have heard that on cruise ships, the crews can get out of control at night. Um, and sometimes they have access, like the captain captain's quarters are really nice. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they'll have like crew parties. And we overheard one, one time that sounded out of control. So they can get really out of control. But, and so that sounds fun, but they also stay in, like, the crappiest rooms and, like, are fed the nachos you just described.
0: I mean, I don't think people in the service industry work really hard. It's like you're just doting on people's needs. Yeah. I think it's just that... Um, it's a uh, backbreaking work. Hmm. I don't care what you're doing. It's all backbreaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, carrying around those trays and stuff that I used to do, mm-hmm. um, having to, you know, do the cleaning afterwards. It's just like, I don't think it gets enough. Um, I'm not saying it's, it's rocket science, but it's hard.
1: I worked at Quiznos. I understand. hmm.
0: <laughs> I don't think people, hey, you were a artist. sandwich artist, is
1: no easy lift.
0: <laughs> hey, if you had a bad sandwich artist, you know, you really need someone who knows what they're doing, and teaches that, you to appreciate the good ones. That is the, I'm not saying i the truth. good one. <laughs> I bet you you made a heck of a sandwich. (laughs) I can follow the little sign right there behind the bar just as well as anybody. We might have to put you to the test sometime. Oh, no. Make you make a sandwich, like, on camera or something. Only
1: if you like your mayonnaise toasted.
0: (laughs) Well, and that's what I was talking about with the nachos. Yeah. There's already salsa on there, and then you throw cheese on top and put... Come on. Um, But anyways, all to say, like, it's just... Sometimes you kind of get attached to these, like, kids. They're so cute. And, like, I mean, at this point... So old that they seem really young, even though they're not that young. Um, but they're just like some of them fall in love and it's sweet, and like you don't expect it. And then like some of them are just like have these really quirky personalities, and um, and it's sometimes they're like banding together. Sometimes they're cla- clawing each other's eyeballs out. <laughs>
1: But, um, you're saying you experience the range of emotions while you're watching this show. You,
0: you do. You really do. So,
1: And you started by apologizing to the creators by calling it a guilty pleasure. I think there might be some creators out there who see that as a massive compliment because I think that's what they set out to create. Yeah. It's something Isn't that, that all reality TV, yeah, I you think know, so. except
0: for like maybe MasterChef kind of shows, but right. even those, it's like it's just, it's just doesn't take a lot of brain power. And yeah. I gotta tell you, as someone who sometimes has to use a lot of brain power five days a week, two days, I'm not trying to use a lot of brain power. And yep. I love this scenario I've set up where I don't watch TV on the weekdays. <laughs>
1: I'm just reading. That's when you save your serious TV watching, like Designing Women.
0: mm -mm, That's when I'm reading Chaucer.
1: (laughs) You're definitely not reading Where the Crawdads Sing, apparently. I'm
0: not. It's just gathering dust. (laughs) But I hear it's
1: wonderful. (laughs) So with that, we're ready for Season 3, Episode 11? Yes. The Naked Truth. I needed confirmation. I have my numbers right. The Naked Truth. Oh, yes. Uh, Hulu says, the sugar baker ladies find it difficult to keep their cool when their latest assignment finds them at a nudist colony. I'm just going to add here, we don't do both uh, descriptions anymore, Uh, but I do want to add in that there's like a smidge of the story missing, which is the two nieces coming to visit. Completely missing. Half the story. Yeah. So they're also coming. Uh, air date February 13th, 1989. Ooh, a nice nude Valentine's Day story. That's how I like my Valentine's Day. Yeah. Uh, we're going to call this one a game room full of hoo ha's and wahoos. Nice. That's hilarious. Uh, trivia the parts of Jennifer and Camilla Sugarbaker were played by Mary Dixie Carter and Jenna Carter, Dixie Carter's real life daughters. So fun. That's fun. It is. That's fun. just fun. This episode was written by LBT and directed by Iris Dugout. Uh, Selena tells me that seven years after this, Iris would direct Gene Smart in the short-lived sitcom High Society. It's also worth noting. Is it? I don't know. Selena and I are debating whether this is worth <laughs> noting, but I'm going to note it that this is the first female director we've seen since season one, episode sixteen, Reese's friend, and only the third female director in the history of the show. Incidentally, the pilot was directed by a female.
0: I think what we're trying to say is it's not really easy to be a director in any facet of Hollywood. Oh, maybe me. you just me. If
1: you're a lady? Yeah. Oh, okay. A female?
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a vagina. Do <laughs> so we need any other descriptor? <laughs> it's easier to be a director when you have a penis. Grab your bingo card.
1: She had to say it. She, she just did. needed to.
0: For the bingo players who are out there somewhere someone's playing
1: so you want to start with a general reaction
0: i do and it's interesting that you you mentioned the fact that the niece's visiting was just gone from the description missing so my first reaction is that okay well i took the nudist part to be the a a plot so the main plot sure and then i took Um, Julia and Suzanne's nieces visiting as the B-plot. Interesting. What I would say is, is that these both almost feel like B-plots shoved into one episode. Shoved might not be a nice word. Uh, I'm I'm not, I'm not 100% sure that I needed more of either, but I'm almost 100% sure I didn't need them in the same episode. I think each should have been attached to a stronger A-plot.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because that was my, my first general reaction was that I thought the plot line around the girls was really cute. For what you just said when I mentioned that they were Dixie Carter's real-life daughters, it's just cute. It's that's just cute. Mm-hmm. Um, And I thought it must have been fun for Dixie to work with the girls. Of course, the, the plot line that's paired with them is really adorable. But my number one question for you was going to be if you had a reaction to these two plot lines being together because I figured you did. And I think the way you articulated it is way better than I ever would have, but agreed
0: well thank you for the compliment um and uh yeah i don't know i was just i, I it, it bothered me a little bit um i mean not so much that i didn't enjoy it um i to, can we flesh out this idea of the two nieces being on there and what uh-huh. that storyline was like so for them to be like these carbon copies of julia and suzanne was it, like it's so fun um finding out that they're dixie's daughters i mean that uh that made me like the episode like 15% more because I'd already watched it. Mm. And then this was trivia that I found out afterwards. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm curious. Did you find that on your own or did me putting in the trivia?
1: I had seen it. The, like, we, we gave the whole season a cursory watch at the beginning of the season to kind of see what we were up against. And um I had seen their names in the credits. Okay. And kind of put two and two together. Oh, smart. Credit watching. Credit watching.
0: Um So I really liked like uh, the lack of awareness that Suzanne, um, I guess it should have been in my likes, Um, but the the lack of awareness that Suzanne and Julia um, had about their most, let's call them identifiable traits. Right. Um, But like what didn't work for me in this was the constant bickering because some of it was just kind of mean. Oh. And I thought it made all four of them a little bit more unlikable. Mm. than they actually would be if they had had like some kind of sweetness to it. Mm. And I think that's what was missing for me.
1: Okay. (sighs) I guess this isn't a general reaction. It probably fits better in strays, but we run the show. What do I care? Mm -hmm. I feel like we need to have a hot takes discussion on some of the hot takes they mentioned at the top of the episode. Oh, okay. So uh, Mary Jo talks about that spot between Christmas and spring, the dead zone, if you will, of the year. Uh, and how she gets kind of in the doldrums. And I agree with that. I think that's pretty universally understood that that's sort of a depressing time of year. I feel like I know you well enough to know that's true for you too. But I thought I would ask the question if you had a different reaction to that.
0: Well, one is that this is in my stray observations. Oh, good. Perfect. And two is that I feel like you and I, off mic, have this conversation every year. Yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> every know?
1: year it gets like February and we're like, oh, this sucks I'm so bad.
0: So or January January <laughs>
1: the first day back at work.
0: yeah. um and, and and I think that um, I think it's just super relatable. That's what yeah. I thought about it. I'm like, I feel like, and even if you don't like celebrate holidays at all during that time period, I feel like just in general, as long as you're sort of in our hemisphere, yeah, <laughs> this time of year, that time of year just kind of sucks. Um,
1: so Charlene also said, Something about, and I didn't write the exact line down, but there's this concept that Wade and Roxanne are romantic names.
0: Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I remember that.
1: She was talking about like a, maybe a show or a book, a magazine or something. She was, I don't remember, but she said like Wade and Roxanne are such romantic names. And I was like, is that that a thing
0: we're saying now? That is so romantic. Wouldn't put those two together
1: as romantic.
0: Yeah. I don't, um. Dang! I wish I sure wish I had rewatched the episode this morning.
1: <laughs> and then, what was your reaction to Suzanne's plan to get to the airport quickly, which is driving on the shoulder and telling the policeman Julia's hemorrhaging? It's on brand.
0: I had a. Okay, I'm gonna let this, d- don't say much in reaction. Okay. <laughs> Just in case this friend ever listens, and I'm not gonna say name or parent's name. Okay. But her advice to us was in case we were ever speeding, carry some ketchup packets in the car Good Lord. and then rip them open and toss them in our lap. And I have to tell you, like 14, 15 year old Selena was like, oh my God, that's, that's a genius. genius. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, done and done. <laughs> meanwhile
1: the truth is
0: they don't care
1: (laughs) yeah no i don't think so they're like oh
0: how terrible for you and also here's your
1: ticket ticket. yeah yeah i thought it was a pretty genius plan so i think we're on the same page
0: yeah i don't like it when people drive on the shoulder like i i guess like what (laughs) oh you think that's hilarious
1: that's because i thought it was the road (laughs) selena you're on the shoulder did you know that this isn't a lane not Elaine, my friend. It's not Elaine. <laughs> That's why we're going... Du-doo, du-doo, du-doo. I'm <laughs> like,
0: where are my tax dollars going? <laughs> What's with these potholes? <laughs> I mean, like, okay. You know when there'll be like a really bad accident on the interstate? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then people just back up in the shoulder? Like, what Come makes you on. think that? I so <sighs> hope you get pulled over. That makes me so mad. I agree. Now, when an idiot like myself doesn't understand where they are on the road that's a different story that's a simple misunderstanding Mickey, this is why I'm always asking you to try because I know that I'm a danger to society and it is best she is self-aware
1: it's best that I stay off the road she is self-aware I appreciate that
0: was that the only ones or
1: did you Those. No, that's it there?
0: okay I wanted to make sure that we touched on all of them
1: unfortunately now I think I've moved straight into my strays
0: well, I have one more general reaction, but I'm almost waiting for you to tell me that maybe you have this in references. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't actually have a third general reaction, so I just sucked something up else <laughs> up here, like just a wild animal. and that's... You know, you don't have to have three, sons. I know I don't, but I thought this was kind of interesting. Did you look into the daughters? No, not really. Oh, perfect. Okay, so I looked into them, and uh, so you have Mary Dixie Carter. That's Suzanne's mini me, okay, which I would never have known with Julia's daughter. I didn't think she looked like her at all.
1: Um, but trying to remember her face now, I'm like, she's the blonde one,
0: <laughs> which might be that thing where I'm like,
1: a blonde to a brunette.":
0: I know. Impossible. <laughs> um, but anyways, so uh she. Graduated from Harvard in real life with an honors degree in English lit and an MFA in creative writing from the New School. And she was a publishing director at the Observer for five years. And actually her debut novel was published last year. Good for her. She has like her own website. Like it's a really nice polished website. I couldn't find as much on, uh, I want to say by that spelling, G-I-N-N-A, Jenna
1: Carter. I think that's how I pronounced it. I hope that's right.
0: Um, so... That's our mini Julia in the episode, but it looks like she also graduated from Harvard and then studied acting at London's Royal Academy of Dramatic Art and graduated from USC's Master of Professional Writing Program. Oh, wow. So I just thought I'd give those ladies a shout out for some, a lot of education.
1: Well, Jenna was also a singer-songwriter of alternative pop music. She completed Hmm. a demo in 1996. Oh. They were both adorable. They were just darn delights. Yeah. Uh, Mary Jo, man. Fashion notes. Sorry. going to start with fashion notes. Fashion. Turn to the left. Mm-hmm. hmm She's had such a glow up lately. So what I was just showing Selena is her this neon green dress and her hair or a neon green shirt tucked into a skirt. Her hair looks totally different this episode. Just I, I, I would mm-hmm. say more sleek. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say that, but just more intentional.
0: Quaffed. Quaffed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it I looks good. To, the cut's say good.
1: Because we were so hard on her the first season and Whoa, maybe the second. Well, we were not hard on her. Selena was hard on
0: <laughs> The people who dress it's them true. for the, the show stylists, were yeah. hard on her. They
1: did not do her any favors. And then suddenly, I don't know if they got a new costume designer or if they, Selena's making the money symbol. I think that's what that is. I'm not used to seeing that. Um, the butt grabbing <laughs> symbol. <laughs> uh, but somebody somewhere has really...
0: Yeah, Hooked it's tailored to her and not like these gigantic. Right. You just can't put big clothes on that petite of a person right. and it really look correct. Um, or it, it has to be done in a very certain way. Yeah.
1: So, so I wanted to call that out because she looked adorable.
0: Okay. Well, while we're on the Mary Jo, while we're on West. the Mary Jo train, yep, um, we get the first mention, I think, of Mary Jo's pet brownie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sounds like a dog from the context clues, but um, what kind of dog do you think that she would have
1: if you had to guess? Oh, this is tough. Either a Dotson. no know it's brown. <laughs> so I was going to say Dotson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or like a Lab.
0: Okay. I was going to guess a Chocolate Lab mm. or maybe a Cocker Spaniel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Curly what, hair, curly hair.
1: We both went the direction of it's either a big dog or a small dog. <laughs>
0: Well, right. I also thought that, um, and also you had to seek something that's also brown. Um, right. Since we, well, I'm assuming they're not just naming it brownie because it's white, but you know, her gray. Maybe she has brown eyes. Maybe. Um, but.
1: Maybe she poops a
0: lot. I didn't want to say that absolutely hands down today, Mary Jo would have a rescue.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Maybe even sure. then. Yeah, for sure. So. Unless it was purchased with Ted and Ted is likely to go oh, to only the most
0: $3,000 dog available.
1: This please. is right. In which case, maybe it would have been a golden doodle because those can be a little bit brown. I
0: think she didn't I didn't think definitely. her name was chocolate brownie. Yeah. She just said brownie. That's, that's true. It could have been a blondie, which I really enjoy a blondie. Oh, <sighs> and now I'm hungry. Um, what other strays did you have?
1: I thought the script introduction to the nieces was really awkward. They've established they're waiting on their nieces, so then, Charlene says, Clayton called. He wanted to see if your nieces arrived. It was just in the last episode we talked about contrived and awkward, and like if we're already going to just pretend Clayton is this person that they have this relationship with now, even though we never hear about him, I just don't think we need to make this big like they say. Our nieces are coming to visit. This is the first time we've ever met Clayton's kids. And then Charlene says, the nieces are coming. It just Mm. felt awkward. Also,
0: it it starts to sound a little scary.
1: The nieces are coming.
0: The nieces are coming. The nieces are coming.
1: coming. Mm -hmm. When you brought up up Mary Jo, I thought you were bringing her up to say she said breasts in describing the nudist colony, which I believe is on our bingo card. Oh,
0: Definitely is on our bingo card. I just didn't remember anything about Breasts.
1: Breasts. (laughs) Uh, on the con, on the the note of breasts, <laughs> Okay. can I add that Tom Ketcherside said about Julia? I'm sure she's held up well. That's in my dislikes. What an awkward thing to say. Mm-hmm.
0: I think. Well, I'll just go ahead and skip down to what I said for that. Um, that it was just a really odd line. She's a beautiful girl. I bet she's held up well. I'm. T- compliments were just like kind of crappy in the '80s. <laughs>
1: Or at it least could, in the show.
0: Because to me, it feels like he might as well have said, I bet you she's still perky in all the right places, if you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> maybe LBT's really bad at giving compliments.
0: <laughs> or maybe she's received that
1: compliment before. Or maybe she wished she'd received that compliment before.
0: Well, I mean, I wouldn't really mind someone saying it. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't like it, but at the same time, I'd be like, why thank you. But it, also, please don't say that, because it's really creepy. But, like, thanks.
1: I think there's just a, there's a way to say, oh man, she was beautiful in college. I bet she's the most beautiful woman now. She,
0: I, bet she's I was gonna, the gonna most say forty year old adult woman. Yeah,
1: it's gonna it felt weird. Maybe I'm also really bad with giving comments or like,
0: I I have no doubt that she is still the most beautiful. There you woman go. to ever
1: walk in a room. Sure. I generally just try not to comment on, on people's looks? personal appearance. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's just too much. It's too difficult. There's
1: too many traps.
0: Lots of traps.
1: This is very important. College students writing letters. Remember, we had the conversation about Payne writing I his did. mom a letter. Yeah, uh, there's a whole thing at the end where Julia asked the girls to write her a letter, which
0: means that you were right. she must have asked Payne to write a letter, and that's the that's only why I'm reason. This up. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> why else do you think I'm circling back around to this so Idiot. that I can hear you say you were right? Idiot.
0: Um. I actually had that as a like because I liked her response so much. Oh, and that I was right. Well, first of all, I love it every time you're right. Sure. That is uh, always my best day ever. Uh, But I liked that she she was just like, I don't write letters, (laughs) but you can call me if you want.
1: I bet Payne said that too. And
0: today it would just be like, you can text me. I mean, today it would be like, no, don't call me, but you can text me.
1: Sure. Sure.
0: Uh, I just think like, you know, there's like more expedient forms of communication. So, all right, so let's do Selena's sidebar, shall let's we? Let's do it.
1: It's a sidebar, Selena sidebar. She's got a keyboard looking for a reward by digging deep in the obscure, taking us on a detour. What you got, Selena? In Selena's sidebar.
0: Okay, so it's like this. When are we ever going to get another opportunity to talk about nudists? I would prefer every day, but it
1: sounds like not you. you. would prefer every
0: day. <laughs> okay. Um, so I thought for today, shall we shed our inhibitions?
1: No, Selena, I'm not getting naked in front of you.
0: <laughs> Keep our clothes on. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> be the never nudes that we
1: are. <laughs> and talk about it. I have my jean shorts on. <laughs>
0: and just her jean go shorts. take a shower. Is that weird for y'all? <laughs> Nikki just fell out of her chair. Uh, All right. So um, I actually, speaking, I just called you out as a never nude. But (laughs) before we get into it, what are your thoughts on the nudist lifestyle? Be careful. We may have nudists in our listenership.
1: I say you do you. Just with general things in life. We talk about this all the time. You Uh do you. I will probably not be joining you. And
0: that's what my second question is. Is this appealing to you at all?
1: No. Not at all. So we've been to like the Caribbean where there are like topless beaches stresses me out so much. Mm -hmm. There's just so much that could go wrong. Yeah. Just in general. So no, that's not for me. Right. You can lose lose a nipple. I have um, friends who self-admittedly sleep naked and I can't imagine anything worse than that.
0: I do think you should do it at least once in your life if you haven't done it.
1: I mean, okay. This happened a time or two, Uh, but like by routine, like just getting in bed naked, just what if there's a fire? What if your child needs you? I think that's why what you, if your dog needs I think needs that's you?
0: why you keep your clothes nearby. But sure. I also feel like if you're free enough that you sleep naked, sure. that's probably not number one on your list. You're probably not worried about it. Maybe I'm oh wrong. Oh my God. I can't but imagine But can you imagine worse. those two types of personalities existing in one person? Uh, yeah. Where they're like, no clothes, but also I like to keep a neat pile by
1: the bed right, in case exactly. a, a firefighter comes I in. I just, I can't, I can't even fathom. So, nudist colonies, not for me, but if they're for you, man, how about it?
0: Well, so... It is not generally, uh, it is not appealing specifically for me. If we are talking about generally, then I'm going to say yes. Now let me tell you why. One article mentioned that it's similar to the freedom that you feel if you've ever skinny dipped. So I definitely get that. Because it is freeing. Oh my God, are you about to tell me that you've never skinny dipped?
1: All the water and all the places. and
0: So that's a no.
1: I didn't say no. Oh, okay. How would you think I would know all the oh, water so in all it the was, places? It, it didn't feel
0: <laughs> freeing to you no. then. Okay. That is so stressful this, to you're me. You're going to identify with this. Okay. This one you will. I hate being hot and sweaty. Yes. So anything that makes me feel less hot uh-huh. is going to sound somewhat appealing. Yes. So that's appealing, right? You sweat less when you don't have clothes on. That's right. Okay. okay. Except for I'll... the nerves. I feel like if I am, I'm sweating now, I'm (laughs) sweating now as well, but, and to think you're just sitting there with your top off and still sweating, not topless. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So all of that aside, I have a technical note before we jump in. Okay. Are you, do you want to talk about something? No,
1: I'm so stressed (laughs) out about the direction this is going now that you've asked me all my personal nudist questions. And preferences.
0: But just on air.
1: <laughs> right. God and country. At least just recorded, not filmed.
0: Just recorded.
1: Sitting here naked. You got this camera on. <laughs> no.
0: You just don't know how to have guests over. <clears throat> okay. So we non-nudist, we call them colonies. But nudists call them communities. Sure. So I think that's an important distinction. And that's something I'll try and do from here on out. Okay. I like that. All right. Any guesses where the largest nudist community is in the world? In the world. California. No. You want to take a second guess? Las Vegas. Nope. In the world.
1: I know. I figured you said world for a reason. Oh, to throw you? (laughs) Asia? Australia?
0: Yeah.
1: Europe? (laughs) Antarctica? (laughs) South America? The naturist
0: village of oh, the naturist village Cap de in France has
1: one. Oh, I should have guessed France.
0: Yeah, I was very kind of surprised. <laughs> I I thought you were going to get that one straight away. I asked Casey just as like a pass. I was like, "What do you think it is?" He was like, "France."
1: <laughs> Whatever, man. Why don't you do this podcast with Casey then?
0: He's not as good. <laughs> Did that redeem me some? Yeah.
1: Okay. Um,
0: and I think it's capped Agda. It's like the D apostrophe A-G-D-E. A-G-D. Sure. Okay. Come on now. You're supposed to be our French extra. I'm
1: struggling now because I was just so
0: wrong at everything. Okay. So the Naturist Village. They have 180 businesses, a marina, and a two-kilometer stretch of beach. Nude. The population grows to about 40,000 in the summer months. <clears throat> And nudity is seen as a symbol of equality. So it is strictly no clothing, but it's also family friendly. And for the record, it is one of the few places I could find where there's a nudist grocery store. I will tell you Casey's response to this, to which he was like, please put on some pants. I don't
1: want eggplants around my eggplants, it's just not necessary. <laughs> well, there you have it. <laughs> I don't want melons around my melons. Session
0: over. I know. I, my non-melons
1: would be so confused. <laughs> I cannot imagine being a seven-year-old growing up with naked adults around me you all the time. you wouldn't know. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, you wouldn't know. But what about when you grow up and go into the big world and everybody's suddenly wearing clothes? Did you ever see I the movie? I don't know you do. Did you ever see the movie Jungle to Jungle? Oh, gosh, a long, long time It's a fantastic movie. It's uh-huh. worth watching a million times. Okay, um, I'm so sorry. It's a fine Tim Allen vehicle that I would watch over and over again. But I think about him in this scenario where he ends up in the big, bold world and his loincloth just isn't enough. Tim Allen as a
0: vehicle. <laughs> Tim Allen is
1: national treasure. Yeah,
0: he is a national treasure, no doubt. Um, <laughs> Anyhow, just thinking about
1: children I'm Just thinking about
0: the babies Sure uh, From your Puritan background as as am I Accurate Is there a college in this community? Oh I don't know I don't even know that they're not all a lot of older people But we'll get there okay. um, So that's it on them But uh, <clears throat> Thrillist answers some common ponderings About these communities So perhaps as well I never read about a college So I'm going to go with Uh, much like they point out in the episode, a nudist community is like any other community sans clothing. It can be as simple as a bunch of mobile homes banded together where they've decided this is our lifestyle, or it can be communities that are walled in and gated and quite expensive.
1: Do you know, in all your research, and maybe you'll get to this, do they have to have a special permit?
0: Uh, I don't know about that.
1: Cause like, I'm just imagining you come up to a mobile, like five mobile homes together. There needs to be like some, yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't. Oh, that's a great question. Okay, carry on. Um, higher end options include and now this, I think the one I read about I don't remember the name, but I think it is in California but higher end options include the nudist resorts with your typical resort amenities, your restaurants, your pools, your activities. The resorts are a way for people to try the lifestyle on, if you will. There's a lot of really good nude puns. <laughs> I
1: know, I was just sitting here There's trying to think of so like,
0: ping pong. <laughs> Something, I don't know, I couldn't think of it.
1: Yeah, that's I think where they lose
0: me for Sure.
1: yeah um I, I don't have the sense of humor my sense of humor oh, is I definitely mature. have the sure I was gonna say it. it's not mature enough to mm-hmm. exist in a nudist community because all I would ever do is talk about the balls I see what you're saying um
0: so there is a the misconception that all nudists are swingers this is obviously true. not true not true right okay of course. though much like clothed communities some people are. Right. So there is also this assumption that communities, uh, members of these communities skew older. That one is true because while there is a wide variety of age- ages that you can find in these communities, members are frequently of retirement age for obvious reasons. They're just, they're done. <laughs> they're just done. I do think that might have something to do with it, but it's more like the idea if you do want to live a nudist lifestyle, it's really hard to go into Microsoft. Right. Right. Because they're not probably as okay with it.
1: I want to go back to the one before this. That yeah. it's, it's almost like a presumption that being a nudist <laughs> is tied to sexual preferences. Yes. And again, ty- like taking the human body is the only thing it's good for is sex. Right. And and it feels like those two issues have to be disentangled right. because they're not necessarily one and the same. And
0: that does feel like more of like a puritanical yeah. I grew up in that kind of system kind of train of thought. Right. Because you put in nudity with sex and you put in sex with bad. And then, you know, and all these things that aren't true. Right. (laughs) Um, Or they're a skewed version of the truth. Uh, So um, the, uh, the other one that I found that I thought was interesting is most nudist resorts are leery of singles. Some won't allow them at all or will charge money for entry, especially for single men.
1: Oh. This gives
0: me flashes of
1: Euro Trip <laughs> at the nude beach. So glad you brought that up because that is the only visual that keeps going through my head as we're talking about it. <laughs> beautiful. It's
0: so bad. So bouncy. <laughs> um <laughs> and Chasey. Yeah, because yeah, there's like a hundred men and girl. one girl. Yeah. <laughs> and so and I think I, I read that it's a lot about keeping And this is pretty heterocentric, but about keeping the genders equal, like in terms of the amount. Um, But also for that very reason, like what you see in Eurotrip, I don't think you want it to be
1: that outsized. Well, and that's an interesting flip of the conversation we were just having about nudity and sexuality being tied one to one. Because by that argument, it's almost as if the communities themselves are tying them together that way. I just think
0: that's like probably an uncomfortable experience, no matter who you are, for it to be that majority to minority. Um, but I definitely, yes, I think, I think you're right that it does take that argument and shake it up a little bit. Um, like any good Southerner, we must discuss the proper etiquette Mm, for nudist communities and results. Because if we ever decide to go, I will just be so embarrassed. Oh my gosh. Um, and I really would be embarrassed. Oh, I would be mortified. Yes. If I didn't do what the rules were.
1: I had a washcloth over my front don't cover yourself up nikki that's right <laughs> save that <laughs> um according to
0: a mental floss article so there are some places that will host clothing optional events others are truly clothes free and so you need to follow suit
1: as it were for the clo- <clears throat> yes yeah. Could you imagine being the single clothed person in a group of naked people? Somehow that feels just as, like, like like they experienced in this episode. Yeah. That feels somewhat awkward, too. I
0: like to imagine that you're at least showing up with some other clothed people. I would hope so. Clothed people. Um, but for the clothing option gatherings, there is a type of dress code. So, okay. And this kind of goes to what you were talking about before no before. bras no underwear um so no no it's no provocative lingerie dresses or tight jeans or the ones that were um specifically named these are not welcome sights and this is because it's more about being naked at these places it's less about trying to be sexy sure and right. i think that's the distinction right mm-hmm. that the your skin is like free people Truly feeling comfortable in it. It's not about be, trying to have sex a pill. It's just about being you. a state of being. Yes. Your, your skin is your clothes. Now, this is interesting. You can accessorize. Hats, jewelry, and shoes are acceptable. Here's where they actually <laughs> lose me. me. I know. Suddenly, <laughs> I'm picturing someone naked except for Crocs <laughs> and a pinky ring. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's a
1: deal breaker for me. You just described my ideal nudist colony outfit.
0: (laughs) Just everyone in Crocs (laughs) and not another stitch of clothing. (laughs) A couple other rules. Some places don't allow cameras. Fair. Thank God. Another rule I'm totally into.
1: Bring a towel wherever you go. Oh, yeah. For sitting. That's the thing I think about. I really can't handle naked people sitting on a couch.
0: And you won't have to because they'll be on a towel. Thank God. Um, and then <laughs> most clubs don't allow PDA outside of hand holding or a quick hug. Okay. And my takeaway is that news communities have some high points. It helps with the quality. No pit stains. Mm-hmm. Good etiquette. Mm-hmm. And you're saving a heck a of lot of money in clothes. Yeah, that's true. Of course, I'd lose all that money in sunscreen, mm-hmm. but it's something to think about. Mm. that's this week's Selena Sybar. What'd you like about this episode, Nikki?
1: Uh, I think the first one we've talked, I have two. I think the first thing we've talked about a lot, which was this chance for Julia and Suzanne to look in the mirror via their nieces. I thought it was a fun twist. I didn't take away the um, sniping and the ugliness. Mm, Like that mm -hmm. didn't. It didn't register with me that that's all they were doing. I see that perspective now. Mm-hmm. As I was watching the episode, it all made me laugh. So I really liked that. I loved Dixie Carter's Real Daughters being in the episode. They were that. perfect for their roles. Mm-hmm. Um, my second one was that we had a series of really funny one-liners or interactions between the women. So, of course, Suzanne's, if it don't look good, don't stick it on your front porch. Um, and then that spot where they, were, they came back from the... Um, nudist community. And um Mary Jo said, Did you see that one man? And Charlene was like, Yes, I did. And their body language was really funny. Um and then uh outside of the nudist community, there was a part where um the the um counterpart to Suzanne whose name I'm forgetting says that oh, she Oh Jennifer. Jennifer says she had a pinch <laughs> nerve in her back and Suzanne says I usually have a pinch nerve myself. I just forgot to mention it before you did. <laughs> know, that was so great. That was so funny. So those were the things I liked.
0: Okay. I think we like shades of the same things. So it's a taste of, it's Suzanne getting a taste of her own medicine and Julia. The pinch nerve one is a great, example Mm -hmm. but also she's getting ran all over the place (laughs) Suzanne does that all the time she also does it a lot to Anthony Anthony. yeah which frustrates me hashtag justice for Anthony justice for Anthony and so it's it's nice to see her have to experience that um Julia get getting a run for her money with her opinions convictions and on-the-spot lectures Mm -hmm. was very nice um I also like the exchange between Tom and Anthony and Tom says, I'm sure we're just like the people who live in your own neighborhood. Isn't that right, Anthony? Anthony says, well, I wouldn't know. There are not that many naked white people running around my neighborhood. <laughs> and I just thought that was like so tongue-in-cheek and just mm. <laughs> love you. Anyways, Suzanne's take on nudist colonies. <laughs> Communities. Communities, Goodness. man. It's hard. You got to right. learn the, lear- the lessons. <laughs> learn the learns. <laughs> um... Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, what's the point of getting married if you can see somebody (laughs) naked without paying for it? Amen. She's so practical, that one. She is. Um, And I love the juvenile kind of jokes around uh, between the girls as well. There was one where she said, wow, did you see that guy? He sure was tall. (laughs) I've always enjoyed that kind of humor. It's like dirty adjacent. Right. Without like having to go fully into it, which I'm okay with too, but.
1: It's like childish dirty. Mm -hmm. Like what a 13 year old thinks of as the worst of the worst.
0: But it's kind of, there's something that's very smart about like not just going straight for the (laughs) penis joke, like I will, (laughs) and just like backing it up a little bit and making you think. And I think that's really good. Yeah. Uh, What about things you didn't like?
1: I don't have anything really serious here. Um, I think you touched on at the top of the episode this idea of pairing these two plot lines together. We talked about how you did that really articulately, so I wasn't going to redo it. I, I think I agree with that, and I think I didn't know that I agreed with that until you articulated it that way. So I'd put that in the didn't like category. Uh, but the one thing I had was that like Clayton Light reference. like They have a brother. They don't have a brother. He's in their lives. He's not in their lives. I'm just kind of over that. So yeah. I'm always going to hate that one.
0: Yeah, that's understandable. Um, well, I talked about mine earlier when we talked about that weird thing that Tom says about her holding up in all the right places. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I'm, I'm with you. I just mentioned the A and B plots again. And again, I feel bad with something like that, saying it as strong as like, I don't like yeah. necessarily. Right. It's just, this is something that I feel like could have been strengthened if they had just done it a slightly different way.
1: Right. How about we uh, rate the sucker? Sure. I've got sticky wicker chairs. Oh. And this one's hard for me because coming into recording today, it was a five out of a five. And I will tell you, it's because I couldn't think of anything to ding it on.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Dang it on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, good times. <laughs> and it
1: feels bad to give it anything less than a five if you don't have a criticism. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so I'm still going to give it a five out of five because I don't want to claim your idea as my own. Uh, but you did make me think rethink things. I liked both plot lines. I thought they were very clever. Together, they didn't need to coexist. Um, but I would say, generally speaking, that notwithstanding, this concept, this um, script writing, this interaction between characters, I think it's designing women at its its finest. It's very similar to Mr. Bailey. For me, I love the like crazy Mm far-fetched plot lines when they come together in a really cohesive, nice way. And I did feel like in this episode, and you've mentioned this a few times, this idea of there being no resolution, um, no A to B, you just sort of circle around and don't come to any sort of Nothing. This, I felt like there was a little something, something, which was the sisters kind of getting a chance to see themselves and then realize they're, they're still better together, even though they annoy each other. Mm-hmm. But then they become a little more self-aware of their own things. Right. What did you call them? Um, most noticeable traits?
0: Oh, yeah, I think so.
1: Something like that. Anyway.
0: Identifiable traits.
1: Identifiable traits. So there you go. Five out of five.
0: Okay. Um, so, I gave it 3.8 out of five.
1: Dang, you're scoring low lately. Right?
0: Just mean. The Yikes. meanest meanie. Um, a 3.8 out of five rug-burned bums. <laughs> Which sounds terrible. Sounds awful. That sounds I'm really rough. Um. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I'm like, I wish that was that exciting, but it would have been something stupid. Like I fell down (laughs) carpeted stairs. Okay. Feel like I want to clear that one up. Um, I had some, I had some issues with it, but overall I thought it was fun. It was quick. Um, I don't know, but like it going by at such a good pace. Mm -hmm. Um, I think those usually are better ones for me. Uh, I, you know, I don't know whose idea it was, but I love that they found a way to include Dixie's daughters. I just think that was a good idea. Um, And I do think it's good comedy to put our leads in uncomfortable situations. For sure. So the more I think about it, the more I think where I actually could have spent more time was there watching Mary Jo, Charlene, and Anthony not have any idea how to act in that situation. Yeah. Um, That would have been worth more time. Who, this feels terrible wording for this episode, (laughs) but who won the episode or who buttered our biscuits?
1: I'm giving it to Julia in this episode, which is interesting because I'm realizing in this moment, I think I gave it to Julia last episode too. So maybe the, the Julia the ship is turning for me. Wonderful. Um, but it's simply because of the last five minutes. They were talking to her about the people at the nudist community and she actually laughed and then shared her thoughts on what she saw at the community and I died because it would have been more in character for Julia to act above it all mm. and like she is so worldly that this didn't throw her for a loop and the fact that she was like yeah no I'm just as bad as you guys are it killed me and I loved it she was actually dare I say enjoyable
0: oh very nice very nice um, <clears throat> so I'm going to go with Jennifer. This is Minnie Suzanne. Uh, she really conned her way into a nice, relaxing trip <laughs> where she did nothing but lounge and print herself. She's adorable. Yeah. She even put Suzanne to work, and I think that's pretty impressive. It's true. It's true. It takes a real woman. <laughs> Uh, who so You just love a little Pris, don't you? <laughs> I do. You're like, a little Suzanne? Sign me up. <laughs> do <doing> of <You> those. You <laughs> would hate this person in real life. Oh, probably That's for I'm sure. Say. Probably for sure. <laughs> who lost the episode and who served us Lumpy gravy
1: uh, I feel like Tom Ketcher's side and his friends lost the episode because they were the butts of so many jokes <laughs> and they didn't even know it. Oh, you lovable idiot! <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many good puns. I'm telling you, I did. I don't write this stuff. It writes itself. It just
0: totally writes itself. <laughs> okay, I like that take. Um, mine was Suzanne. She had to wait hand and foot on Jennifer. <laughs> Who's even more lavish routine made Suzanne late for dinner. Mm. She had to take a cold bath. Gosh darn it. Bath taker. And, um.
1: Cold bath taker.
0: And she's, uh, got a bunch of long distance calls charged to her.
1: Mm. I imagine that's terrible.
0: Yeah, you know, by Jennifer. The really (laughs) adorable one. Um, and she had her guest towels ruined because she wrote on it with some lip liner or something. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> that's real weird. Not good decision making. Not really. Um, <laughs> but she was just, she was so tired from that hot bath. that yeah, she just, was. It takes it out of you. What
1: was she even doing anymore? Mm. Um, 80s things? Just have one. Dan Quayle. <laughs> okay. Vice President from 1989 to 1993 under George H.W. Bush.
0: Potato, potato, if you will. I don't know. Oh. He misspelled potato. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, the potato potato didn't make any sense.
1: That also didn't make it into my notes.
0: I just took a long, hot bath. And I don't know what I'm saying <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah.
1: That was my only 80s thing. Okay. So
0: I'm like, go ahead and just lean back. All oh, right. <laughs> um, I, uh, I don't think many people would ask for their game rooms to be recarpeted today. So I just feel like maybe in their situation... Like, since they they probably don't have shoes on and no clothes, maybe they like the carpet for their feet, but that design choice felt kind of 80s to me. I feel like
1: that also harbors germs and bacteria, like athlete's foot, which is my biggest concern with a nudist colony, Maybe they unless they're wearing Crocs. Maybe they do all need to be in Crocs.
0: Uh, Sure, (laughs) shoes. Jennifer gets spot-checked, quote-unquote, at the airport. Oh, (laughs) I didn't think about
1: that. Then in the 80s... You don't think that would happen today? Well,
0: in the 80s, that meant they searched luggage, uh, but we all have to get screened today. And so I think a spot check now means that they search your anal cavity. So that's just a little difference for
1: you. And if you're a nudist, that's much easier.
0: That is much easier until they wrestle you to the ground because you're naked at the airport. <laughs> Um, at some point in the episode, Julia recounts Camilla's strong opinions about the preppy lifestyle. Um, I put it here because the preppy clothing style or even lifestyle, uh, probably belongs to this decade more than any other time. It's really the apex for a really specific kind of excess and materialism and I actually just I I was doing a little research and the style did get really popular at this time because there was a book called the Preppy Handbook that got published in 1980 and it was actually trying to mock people who are preppy and it wound up inspiring a lot of people to embrace it so there's something that you never needed to know you're welcome uh paying for long distance phone calls at least within the u.s that's not really a thing anymore not that i know of anyway um remember mci they do <laughs> what a time to be alive <laughs> um writing a phone number down was what she did in the lip pencil right. or whatever yeah. uh that feels really 80s um. Obviously, I know that still happens. I'm just saying, most people just do it right in their phone now.
1: Yeah, I had uh, that happen the other day. Someone said, "Just text me, so I have your number."
0: Yep. There you go. And then, uh, again, the writing of the letters dated even for the '80s.
1: Man, oh man. Just saying, Southern things. Um, divinity, uh, which is a southern candy made with sugar, corn syrup, water, egg whites, and uh, vanilla. Pe- pecans, pecans. I say pecans. Pecans are, all... are usually also involved, either <laughs> added in, uh, chopped, <coughs> or plopped on top. And I'm going to stop right there to say, listen to Extra Sugar, because we're going to do it on Southern Candy. Yeah. But that's that's a candy that um, Mary Jo mentioned at the beginning. I also had Chapel Hill. Did we know that Julia went to UNC? I don't think so. I'm assuming she went to UNC because they mentioned Chapel Hill. That's where she and Tom Ketcher side met. Mm. But I don't think we've ever talked about where she went to college. Mm-mm. I would not have guessed Julia went to North Carolina.
0: We talked, there was, there's been like about how maybe she was really involved in, oh, we know about sorority stories. Yeah. Because she was like, she didn't get in because she said something nasty right. to the.
1: I wonder if they mentioned UNC then. I don't think it Sounded so. new to me. Yeah. We had another Stuckey's pecan log reference, which I feel like at this point should be on our bingo card.
0: You think LBT was hungry during this one? Or
1: she just really loves a pecan log. Yeah. She also mentioned smoked sausage from Virginia. Uh, Southern state in Mississippi, Pi Fi Legacy. All of those things are Southern. I don't think Southern... I don't know. I don't think Southern state's a real college. I actually didn't look into that, but that's where Jennifer's going.
0: When I Googled it, what I got was University of Southern Mississippi was the only thing that came
1: up. Okay. Pascagoula, which is a city in Jackson County, Mississippi, and someone said Slim Pickens.
0: Oh, good catch. Um, I actually thought, even though I guess it was Suzanne and Julia's grandmother's quote, if it, you mentioned it already, but if it doesn't look good, don't stick it out on the front porch. Yeah. It just sounds super Southern. Yeah. If it's not, I'm claiming it. Yeah. Um, And I put Wicker Furniture in here too. Oh. Because that feels super Southern.
1: Oh, does it? Wicker Furniture? Yeah. Feels super 80s. In seventies to me, mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it in a particular region, but
0: I'll buy it a southern. My back patio furniture is wicker. Okay, <laughs> get out.
1: Outdoor furniture is always yeah. wicker, or largely wicker.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you're on the inside. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah. thinking
1: about your couch being wicker.
0: Oh, it's so uncomfortable when I'm nude on it. It's I don't like it. It leaves <laughs> marks. It does. Um. Okay. References that we need to talk about.
1: So this uh, leper colonies, when you say colony, I always think leper colonies. And Mm. I cannot remember. It it was probably Suzanne at the beginning of the episode. She was like, colony, like a leper colony, something like that. They brought up leper colonies. I just thought I would mention that those are isolated communities for quarantining and treating lepers or people with Hansen's disease. Yeah. The bacteria responsible for leprosy. Uh, It was also Mm. the first bacterium to be identified as causing disease in humans. Yeah, I can see that. It's very uh, biblical. Uh, I think that's all I'll say about leprosy. I <laughs> have some more things, and I'm realizing now as I'm looking at it, just it's just not worth it. it Isn't sounds, it fun it sounds when you bad? <laughs> sounds I, bad. Yeah.
0: I mean, it still happens. Yeah. But you probably have that in your notes.
1: <laughs> Whether it still happens? Uh... I think it does. I
0: think it's just like, like uh, not smallpox, like Black De- Plague. Like, you can get the plague. Black plague today. It's just that they just antibiotics.
1: Yeah, I wish I had written that that down. There are no more leper colonies. The last one closed in like the nineties, maybe recently. Late. Yeah, in in recent years. You can Um, share
0: all this, Nikki. It's interesting. I mean, you know what you think is interesting. The
1: two things we've talked about that were interesting are not in my notes. So (laughs) I think my notes aren't interesting. (laughs) But that's leprosy, (laughs) and that's
0: leprosy for (laughs) you. Um, I just wanted to give a plug that with the Pi Fi Legacy mentioned mm-hmm. I just want to say that people should go back to season one, episode 19. Come on, baby, let's do the chubby checker where you <laughs> talk about sororities. Chubby Checker. Oh my god, I had forgotten about that. Um and then there was also the Iran Contra got mentioned. <sighs> I think I'm feeling this about this the way that you're feeling about leprosy. It's a thing that happened. Yeah. You could also Put it in the 80s, honestly, but it's a political scandal that happened during President Reagan's second term. We've talked about it to some extent before, but we were really talking about Oliver North, who was involved in the scandal. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> there you go.
1: Cut lines? I found two. I'm only going to mention one. One. Because I think it's a little bit of background character development for Charlene, but not really that much, honestly. Okay. Uh, so, when Mary Jo and Charlene were talking about having only seen naked people in National Geographic, this part was cut after Charlene said, and those people looked better than these people. Somebody said, maybe gravity's harder on you in Africa. I wonder why people find nudity so fascinating, you know, and why it makes people so uptight. And then this must be Charlene, I guess because it's forbidden. I remember when I was a kid, my girlfriend and I had never seen a naked man before. And she came over one night to spend the night. And my brother, Robert, he never wore pajamas and he was a real sound sleeper. Anyway, he'd fallen asleep on top of his covers. So my girlfriend and I each got a flashlight and we set them up on a big stack of books about three feet from Odell. And we just kind of spotlighted him. He woke up screaming. He thought he was being run down by a car. Charlene, that is one of the most bizarre stories I've ever heard.
0: Before you said Charlene, in response to that, I was going to ask, whatever made you think that was Charlene? (laughs) Could have been anybody
1: with Brother Odell. So weird. Uh, So next episode, episode 12? Yeah. The Junies. We'd love everyone to follow along with us and engage Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Tea and TV, email SweetTeaTVPod at gmail.com. Our website is www.SweetTeaTV.com. There are also several ways to support the show. You can tell your family and friends about us. You can rate us and or review the podcast wherever you listen. Uh, and we have additional ways to support us on our website if you go to the Support Us page. Uh, this week for Extra Sugar, we are talking about Southern Candy. It's going to be a brand new episode of Nikki's Nibbles. And I'm actually going to do something different this week, Selena. It's really long, this this segment. So I think (laughs) I'm just going to own it. So I think what we're going to do is we are going to do an abbreviated version for the main show. And then we'll do a little bit of an extended version for our Patreons. So something to look forward to.
0: That sounds perfect. And it's about candy. So it sounds extra perfect. There you go. Extra sweet. Extra sugar. And you know what that means? What does that mean? It means we'll see you around the bend. Bye.
1: Welcome to this week's edition of Extra Sugar. So I'm a sucker for all things sweet. I think you're a sucker for all things sweet. So we've got some extra sweet, extra sugar this week. Strap in for Nikki's Nibbles, come on y'all, let's talk fiddles, Nikki's Nibbles, come on y'all, let's eat. I'm calling this Nikki's Nibbles segment, Candy, the Sweet Nectar of the South. Mm. (laughs) Mmm. (laughs) Sounds delicious. So if you remember way back at the beginning of this episode, Mary Jo is suffering from the winter doldrums. We talked about that, how sad that time of year is. So she says, I'll tell you that fudge and divinity in my freezer is the only thing getting me through this winter. I perked up at the word fudge because I love fudge, but then divinity stopped me in my tracks because divinity is one of those candies that I'm Southern enough to have seen like for sale out in the world, but I'm not Southern enough to have ever made it. And I don't know very much about it. Oh, well, it's
0: my grandma's like favorite candy. Mm. Um, I, I just think for me, I just, I sort of had always kind of like put it into the category of like grandma's favorite candy. Oh, uh-huh.
1: <laughs> so yeah. um, I know it's really, really, really sweet. It's all sugar. It's like a praline. I love pralines, but it, these days I can only have a bite or two and it's almost just too much for me. It's right. too sweet.
0: It, it it fudge again, is kind of getting that way. All sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fudge is like that thing that I think it's beautiful to look at, mm. and I think like I always think I want it, and then I get it. Mm. I get one bite in, yeah. and I'm like, my teeth hurt. Yep.
1: Yeah. So when she said divinity, I knew there was at least a story there, if not a whole extra sugar. So as usual, Google clackety. All roads led me to the Southern Mothership Southern Living, ah yes, where I found an article listing fifteen Southern candies. I've heard of most of them, but there were a few I haven't heard of, so I thought we could talk about them. Okay, Um, but I do quizzes. I also there is these halt your horses. (laughs) uh 15 makes for kind of a long list so as, as i just mentioned for the purposes of this extra sugar i'm going to focus on the ones i wasn't familiar with because i feel like if my southern sweet tooth hasn't been tickled by them it's obscure or at least something i should know about so this segment is a little bit selfish uh but as a special bonus for our patreons i'm going to post an extended extra sugar where i'm just going to go through all 15 love so it. you buckle up selena because you're hearing all this love it we'll consider that just something a little sweet for our teas. Something to satisfy your sweet tooth. (laughs) Sweet, sweet, sweet. Uh, So the first candy on my list, I actually made before our session today because I had never heard of this. Okay. So, Selena, I thought it would be fun for you to give it a taste and see if you can guess what the secret ingredient is.
0: Oh. Sugar.
1: So... They're right there in that bowl. If you want to go ahead and grab one while I get started. Oh, fine. I'll we're just come, get it myself. <laughs> we'll come back to it. It's better that way. We'll come back to it at the end of this segment and see what you think. She looks befuddled.
0: Or oh, I see peanut butter.
1: Um, okay, so we'll go through the others in the meantime. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about it? How about it? She's just digging right in. Mojescas.
0: Have you ever heard of that's this? That's what
1: this is? No, no, we're coming back to oh, that.
0: Oh, sorry. I, you gave me candy. Yeah, I'm
1: sorry. We're gonna That's going to be the last one we cover. I'll give you plenty of notice that I'm going to have you weigh in on what you think the special ingredient is.
0: I think I know this. Okay.
1: Well, Not the name,
0: but I think I've had it before. Don't tell me now. Okay.
1: mojescas. Have you heard of these? <laughs> no. I've never heard of this thing. It's basically marshmallow dipped in caramel. Oh, okay. It sounds delightful. People love them, but I've never heard of them. I think it sounds like a cowtail or a caramel cream. Do you know what those are? Mm-hmm. Caramel with like the creamy center. Um, but well, I've, I've seen them. Have you never had one? The Mm-mm. caramel creams, I love.
0: Well, the cow's tail.
1: Cow's tail, I love.
0: Because um, Cracker Barrel, yep. they have all the like different era candy. Yeah. And so I can't be like, oh, I just love cowtails when I was little. Okay, that sounds weird. Um, but they're so cute. I'm definitely like. Have noticed that before.
1: So those are caramel on the outside and cream on the inside. This is a marshmallow, so it's a little bit different, but it sounds like it's in the same vein. Okay. Uh, this was created in the 1880s by a guy in Louisville, Kentucky. Apparently, he made it to honor a Shakespearean actress. What an 1880s thing to have happened. Hmm. Helena Mojeska, who was performing in town. Apparently, he'd seen her a few times, admired her, so he wrote her asking. He wrote her a letter like Julia, asking if he could name his new candy after her. Is this late 1880s flirting? (laughs) I think it might be. Uh, One article I found uh, actually said that it sounds like maybe maybe he was flirting with her and she didn't, like, reciprocate at all, but she did tell him he could name the candy after her. And she sent him a signed portrait of himself.
0: Wait, of herself?
1: Sorry, yes, of herself. (laughs) Okay,
0: I was like, that's really weird. And it
1: hung in his, like, Chocolateria or whatever this ch- Chocolaterie uh, It hung in there until it burned down And he decided not to rebuild And passed his recipe onto another Local Louisville candy maker And they have the picture Because mm. the picture survived So that is the Mojeska Blue Monday um, This is one I've never heard of But apparently um, Blue Monday features a pulled Candy cream center Covered with a bittersweet dark chocolate that complements the sweet melt-in-your-mouth candy. Hmm. What's interesting about this one um, is that it was invented by um, Rebecca Ruth, who we're going to talk about in a little while, Um, but she is famous for making bourbon balls. So Mm -hmm. more more to come on that in a minute. Apparently, she was um, struggling to come up with a name for this new confection, the Blue Monday. So um, a traveling preacher came by to her candy shop and told her he needed a little sweet treat to cure his Blue Monday. And so it was named. She gave him this new treat. He called that the Blue Monday. Well, there you go. Uh, no word on whether it's related to the 80s hit Blue Monday by New Order or the follow-up cover by 90s band Orgy. But that's all I can think of when someone says Blue Monday.
0: I don't know. I know this song by name. Maybe How by sound.
1: Does it feel... Enough? Oh. Yep. Same song. That's okay. it. <laughs> uh, the next... can. Have you heard of any, either of these so far? Blue no. Monday or Mojeska. Third one.
0: Can I stop and just say whatever that is? It's delicious.
1: Is it good? Actually, while we're recording, Kyle sent me a text because I left him some for the kids and told him they could have it after lunch. He just sent me a text and said, My daughter said yum when she bit into it. She's I sweet. haven't had one. Are is you it, not Is it really eat one? sweet? Maybe in a little while, it just feels rude to do that while I'm, I'm like, talking. Oh right. I'm like, come <laughs> on. Get yourself one. What I'm are doing you doing? Th- you talking? I'm not having the one. Have you have as many as you want. Have you ever heard of cherry mash? No. Cherry mash is a candy bar with a soft cherry flavored center containing maraschino cherries covered in a mixture of chopped roasted peanuts and chocolate. It was originally created in the late 1800s in, of all places, LBT's motherland, Missouri. Mm. Uh, We can thank the Chase Family Candy Company out of St. Joseph, Missouri. I hate cherries. I just think they're disgusting. So this sounds really gross to me, but more power to anyone who would love them.
0: Yes. uh, uh, I'm also not a big cherry. I mean, I like actual cherries. I I don't. cherry the
1: fruit in only certain kinds. I don't think I've told this story on the podcast, but one year for Christmas, my grandfather reused a chocolate-covered cherry box as something to hold two jewelry boxes. He was giving me two pairs of earrings, but he put it in a chocolate-covered cherries box, and when I opened it, I had to pretend that I was really excited about getting chocolate-covered cherries, even though I think they are the most disgusting food in the entire world, And I was like, oh, gee, thanks so much. And it took him a minute. And he was like, well, are you going to open it? And I was like, oh, I know what chocolate covered cherries look like. And he was like, no, open it. So I opened it and found the jewelry and was very happy. And that is the most ungrateful I've ever felt in my life. But I really hate cherries.
0: It was like a really quick lesson.
1: Very quick. (laughs) And it has stuck with me my entire life when I think about what I'm packaging a gift in. Roman candy. Have you heard of this?
0: That sounds familiar.
1: Um, it is street-sold taffy that was created by an Italian man and his family. Uh, in southern Italy? or Well, listen. Oh, sorry. When he founded the business in the early 1900s, respect for Italians in America wasn't particularly high. So he didn't want to just call it Italian candy. He didn't think it would be very popular. So he landed on Roman candy instead. Um, but this is a candy that's sold from a wheeled cart in New Orleans by the founder Sam Cortese's grandson, Ron. Um, so, as the story goes, Sam's family was Italian. Uh, He was, I think, born in Italy, but they immigrated to America pretty quickly after he was born. And this was a candy his mom made in Italy. Mm. She brought it to the U.S., taught him her recipe. He went out onto the streets of New Orleans and started selling it as Roman candy. Mm. And today, Ron runs the family business, and Ron is training up his son, Dan, to take it over. So it's apparently a really big New Orleans tradition. It's been going on, I don't remember if I said yes, since the early 1900s. Um, the candy sells for a dollar per stick and is available in chocolate, vanilla, or strawberry.
0: Huh. So okay. I have
1: no answer to whether you're to whether it was Southern Italy. Sorry about that. Sorry. Uh, the next one, Red Bird Peppermint Puffs. I
0: don't know. This is either man. Terrible me sounding. neither.
1: But I think when you see the picture, you might have had these before. Mm. Um, the Piedmont Candy Company has been making peppermint puff candies in their Lexington, North Carolina factory since the late 1800s. They've modernized their technique over the years, but one cute fact is that they still hand mold and apply the red stripe to the candy. So it's a little puffed peppermint candy, and they hand apply the red stripe, so every piece of candy is unique.
0: Like at the front of restaurants. Yeah. Where they used to do that. I don't mm-hmm. think anybody does anymore. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay, so this is all bringing us to the one you just tried, Selena. Okay. Any guesses on the secret ingredient?
0: Well, like I guess like there's definitely peanut butter in it, but that can't be the secret ingredient you're talking about, right? No. Quaaludes? <laughs> I'm about to feel so good. <laughs> Happy Saturday to me. Uh, I don't know. It's got a, it's got a crap load of sugar in it. <laughs> I'm about to be high or diabetic.
1: <laughs> it's potato candy. There are potatoes in there. Shut up.
0: No. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. I don't think I was tasting no potatoes.
0: <laughs> Walk me through
1: that. So this is a hundred percent, and then never have I even heard of this candy. I thought you were about to be like, "This is a hundred percent potato. <laughs> no, like, it's definitely not. Eh. It's like ninety-nine point seven percent powdered sugar. Like, yeah. I'm
0: like, <laughs> like the way that.
1: Carrots are in <laughs> carrot cakes. Okay. Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. So it's made with mashed potatoes along with powdered sugar and peanut butter. It was super easy to make. Um, oh,
0: good. I can't wait for you to try some. But yeah, I had
1: to make mashed potatoes first. And it was so funny. The recipe I found was like multiple times. It was like, please do not season your potatoes. Your Thanksgiving potatoes will not work for this recipe. Please do not put salt in these. Please do not put pepper in these. And I was laughing the first time I read it. And then when I went to make the potatoes, my instinct, because I, I don't make tons of mashed potatoes, but I make them every now and then. And my instinct is salt the water. And then when you go to mash them, tons of butter and lots of pepper. Sure. And I had to like muscle memory my way out of it. Like, no butter.
0: But is there a savory version that we're missing out on? But oh. well, it couldn't be with. It'd have to be all different ingredients.
1: I think so. Yeah. But because there are six cups of powdered sugar in this recipe. (laughs) The not secret ingredient. It sounds like, and I haven't tried it yet, but I will after we finish recording. The mashed potatoes are pretty undetectable.
0: Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think they got pretty covered up.
1: Their purpose is to hold the candy together. Sure, I figured. Um, But yeah, so you make this dough of mashed potatoes and powdered sugar and something else I'm forgetting. Butter, butter butter lots of butter um make that dough and then you um refrigerate it and then roll it out and spread it with peanut butter and you pinwheel it it's kind of like making a um cinnamon roll Mm-hmm. And I, I got some video that we'll put on um, social media this week as with this uh, extra sugar. But uh, anyway, so this candy, it sounds like came to the U.S. via Germany around the turn of the 20th century, and it originally did not contain peanut butter. That was added when it came to the U.S. That Could you imagine right. <laughs> eating that without peanut butter? Yeah, I think it needs the peanut it butter. It needs the peanut butter, right? Or it salt. needs to be smaller if it's just going to be sugar and butter. Right, yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's it. Those are the main ones that I puzzled over. Did you like it? I I do like it. I mean,
0: it's really sweet, um, but I sat there and ate two pieces of it, and they're not small. (laughs) (laughs) They're like the size of my palm.
1: So were there any of the ones that I'm, these were the ones, the first ones I covered are the ones I'd never (laughs) heard of. Were there any that you would like to try or that you would give a go if you saw it like out in the world? That caramel one sounded pretty good to me. The... Yeah,
0: that sounds okay. I think I think this kind, like, this is not. Uh, I'm not a huge like this kind of candy person. Um, so like these like classic candies. That's why I was saying like I didn't want to like I don't want to poo-poo too much on divinity, but like it, which is weird because I really like pralines and I know my grandma's made me try divinity before what I can tell you is I did not enjoy it. What I it's been so long that what I didn't want to do was to speed divinity. Oh.
1: <laughs> Although yeah.
0: I and you did some kind of twist on it because normally it's just, like you can't really there would be no pinwheel situation. Right. Um <clears throat> so normally it's like all of it's just too sweet for me. Yeah. Um so I, I I don't I don't know any of them particularly piqued my interest. What I will say is based on what you described, except for the peanut butter, I probably would have been like am good but i thought it was delicious so maybe what that means is
1: put down your judgmentalness and just try every candy just try it all man yeah just give it a go um so for the purposes of our main episode this will be this week's extra sugar um if you are a patreon hang on because we're going to keep going we've got a few more candies to cover so this has been this week's extra sweet
0: extra sugar